You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast, recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. Hello, real estate investors. You are with the Homeboys. My name is Clint Weatherill, and we are talking about the labor gap and the overall job problems that we are seeing in our economy and how it affects real estate and what that could look like going forward. And mind you, I did say could look like going forward because these are opinions. However, we're totally stoked to have you here today. Hit subscribe down there. You know you want to do it. We're two likable guys. We love providing this content. So be with us for future podcasts. But as always, I'm here with my much more charming co-host, Dr. Scott Adams. What's up? What's up, my friend? How are you? Couldn't be better. We just had your uh, your daughter in here, which is always makes, well, both daughters, but more specifically, we had Fallon throwing around fake dollars in the office. Did some filming mm-hmm. with uh, my oldest, just a lot of fun trying to get her into, you know, I, I like the fact that your daughters are involved in drama and some of yeah. uh, those extracurriculars, and I'm hoping to, to push her that way. Yeah. I feel like that there's a... There's a future in that. I feel like she likes it. So yeah, it's it's a it does a lot for the kids. You know, I, f- I feel like my kids are are able to be comfortable um, in a multitude of situations. You know, I, I think one of the greatest things that I ever did in my career, and you did something similar, was I sold windows door to door, and you sold business. You know, toilet paper door to door. Basically, TP man, right. absolutely right. air fresheners, right. So, so there's something about getting Piss out biscuits. there. Piss biscuits. <laughs> yeah. That's what so, I used to tell people. I, yeah. What do you do for I'm a piss biscuit and air freshener salesman. Yeah. Yeah. But it does something with these, with when you get out there a lot and you're used to hearing no, or you have a bad performance or you bomb on stage, you know, it's, it, it, you learn more from it than you do when you succeed. And, and my, without I'm, a doubt, you know, my kids are so great. They're pretty, they're obviously very stable kids. And, uh, you know, when they have a bad, um, showing, you know, we're honest about it in our house, you know, we're not, Mm -hmm. I don't care if they're up there. I'm proud of them no matter what, but you know, they learn a lot from when the, you know, things go wrong, but the the show Ivy was just in my youngest was unbelievable. I literally almost had to walk out of the show because I was laughing so hard. I was crying, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how funny she was in it. It was awesome. But you're right. It's the ability to, you know, overcome you know tough things correct and, you know i i experienced it a little bit we've talked about it quite a bit where you know, i'm playing drums for our church yep. and uh, this past sunday was my second time doing it i had a blast doing it but the first time did not go the way that i wanted to so it stayed you know, with you for months correct you could you could hang it up and not do it or you know what you get better you know right. real estate's a lot like that yeah we we both believe in doing difficult things we believe that it's it's helpful you set out to run a marathon you had a injury that that you know you were you were there i, I was mean, there you were there i set out to learn piano uh covid happened um, so I didn't get very far because lessons stopped, but I'm going to get back into it. And there's something about doing difficult things that's that's really good. It A, keeps you humble, and B, you know, it, it teaches you to survive and thrive through tough situations. But You have a hard time squeezing anything in with your busy modeling career. Anyway. I know. It's, I know. It takes up so much of your time. And yeah, and, and when I'm not modeling, I have to be exercising to stay in this shape. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? It didn't come easy, does it? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, as we just talked in our last podcast, how if 
you meet us at any given time that that is literally the the worst shape that we've ever been ever. in. And yeah. then if you meet us again right. a month later, we're in yeah. the worst shape. Yeah. That yeah. We're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a steady path and, and it's more of a decline. Some people would call it, I just say a path. Um, yeah, to, um, you know, eventually, hopefully we'll hit around four, maybe four, four and a quarter, you know, <laughs> can't do that, man. Yeah. My wife, you know, she deserves better. I than know, that. you know, it's, well, yeah, it's, uh, that's true. but, uh, but, you know, speaking of our workout laziness, that kind of leads me into what we're talking about today. We're talking about the, uh, the labor gap that we are seeing. This is an opinion from you and I, right. we talk about it a lot. Um, we came up with this topic today, kind of based off of an experience I had over the weekend, and I'll make it really quick. Um, and this is just talks about labor in general, but it will feed into what we're talking about. My niece is in town, and she wanted to go to Qdoba. Um, great, I love Qdoba. You know, so we went to Qdoba close to my house Saturday at noon. Sign on the door says. Uh, closed due to staffing issues. So I knew there was another Qdoba about a mile away, went to it, sign up, closed due to staffing issues. Went to a third, and it was open, but there was a sign on the door that says we're closing at 6 p.m. due to lack of staffing. And it's something that we're seeing a lot of, you know, that uh, places, you know, businesses are really struggling to find right. people to work. Um, that spills over into real estate, and we'll get into more real estate-specific, you know, items. But, you know, just talking about the job market in general, um, there's lots of holes out there. Right. Yeah, it's a very strange time in general, not just with labor, but um, with with a lot of a lot of different weird sectors of employment where there's issues, but other sectors are strong, and then you can't even find employees. It's just an odd time. It's a very strange time, and I don't know that people are as aware of it as as folks who own a small business like we do, who depend on a high volume of labor. You know, we we have. Um, I would I would think we literally send over a thousand ten ninety nines at the end of each year. I believe it's over a thousand, right? You it know, is a lot. It is a lot. So we we depend on a lot of uh, we. There's a lot of work in what we do, and we have obviously normal employees too and W two employees. But the the market right now is really strange, where you can't hire people. Um, to, you can't find people to do certain work. I mean, you genuinely can't find them at any cost. And then there's some consumable gaps out there too that add to the mystery of it all. You know, there's a lack of uh, lumber, you know, cars, or you, you drive by any car dealership in Indiana and there's not a single car. In the we plot. just drove past a ghost one town. this morning. I thought it was out of business. Uh, you know, a massive Chevrolet dealership um, just outside of town. And you literally thought that it was a dealership that went out of business. Right. So what are all those jobs doing? All Correct. those sales Those jobs, salesmen. They're yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60 yeah. salesmen at a dealership. And, the, and yet the, the economy is, is booming. So it's, it's a strange time, you know, and, and I hate to be negative about it, but we see some bumps ahead. You know, this, this, uh, you know, turmoil in a market or uncertainty in a market is, generally not a good thing it usually precedes you know uh, a pullback and there's a lot of uncertainty right now so um, for real estate folks who want to invest in real estate 
you know, we really suggest getting in now and focusing on residential. And, and there's some very specific things that we think that you should avoid. In fact, what are the main ones we think you should just kind of cross off your list for now and not come and not come back to until things settle down and change a bit? A building. I mean, we're literally not moving any dirt. Yeah. You know, right now, you know, lumber costs are are just just bananas. Yeah. You know, really. So, you know, new construction is, you know, extremely difficult area to get into. I know that that's always the, you know, sexy thing. People, you know, really like to look at development and, you know, even, you know, you see a lot of uh, new housing, even for build to rent situations. Right. But I don't really see where that's a wise, you know, move, you know, at this, at this time, Um, you know, another, you know, sector that, it's hard to ignore whenever we talk about like, you know, Qdoba and you know, some of these businesses that are, they're, they're in multiplex environments, whether it be a strip mall or anything like that. But let's just say commercial real estate in general. I just don't see the upside in commercial real estate for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, I think that it will create buying opportunities. So I'm saying that it's not an opportunity, but I'm also saying it is an opportunity. I think there'll be some buying opportunities, you know, but even once they are buying opportunities from a liquidity standpoint, you're going to have to set on it. Right. I think it'd be a smart buy, you know, whenever, whenever prices in commercial go back a little bit, but I mean, I think that it's going to be hard to ever quantify that investment in who knows. It'll be some time. Right. Uh, but, you know, so let's go back to the Qdoba example. You know, the one that was open that we went to, I mean, it's at one of the busiest intersections in Indianapolis. And, you know, busiest intersections in Indianapolis also means higher rent. So, you know, if you're if you're not able to be open on a Saturday night, right? you know, and take advantage of that. It's concerning. You know, you're not going to be able, I mean, how do you turn a profit? Right. You know, what's 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 rent at one of the busiest intersections and I don't necessarily know I know I do know it's substantial I know uh, a little bit now just because my wife and I mm-hmm. well my wife um, opened a boutique with with a good friend of hers or or her friend friend opened a boutique and brought my wife in yeah. as a as a, a smaller partner and um, and they were renegotiating their lease at this very popular mall and and it's a ama- the the mall is half empty on that south side of the mall as you know it's i mean there's some gaps there yet they're charging the highest rates they ever have for rents so again i just go to the uncertainty of it it's like confusion in the market you know you you rents are the highest they've ever been yet vacancies are also the highest they've ever been how do those line up it doesn't make sense one of the largest mall operators in the country filed for bankruptcy yesterday who no it's not Okay. You know, you're thinking of one yeah. that's here okay. locally. It is not. It is not. It is not the one okay. you know, locally who's the largest. Yeah. Um, okay. Not them. Um, and I, yeah. The name escaped me, but it was but, on but there was the stock- front page of CNBC.com yesterday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, the one who's here local, their stock has never been higher, and I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That particular mall operator is in a few environments that you know, will continue to fr- thrive because they're around vacation destinations. Also, you know, True. the yeah. large Vegas mall, yeah. you know, some other, That's you know, true. large, you know, tourist yeah. destinations and that the, didn't really hit. And the newer trendy malls are generally owned by them. Correct. 
Um, but I mean, I think it could, I mean, who knows, it, you know, it could, could, you know, hit them too, yeah. but you know, you're office right. space you know, too. What do you think about office space? Great question. I mean, it's, I'm just going off of common sense. I'm not going off, you know, and you know me, I'm not, well, you know, average GDP growth is X. And then you couple that with inflationary rate and all this stupid crap that people throw all these. Did you just out. make yourself glaze over as Correct. you were even saying yes, that? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, I, I, I try to go at real estate, very right. redneck, Dumbass common yep. sense. You get out the crayons and a, and a big poster Absolutely. board. Absolutely, correct. Lar- yeah. The larger the crayon, right. the better. Right. You know, <laughs> I said crayon, not crayon. Um, but uh, I got to give you a great for example. My uh, a guy that I go to church with. He's way up in a major major company here in town. That's right. And you know he's not been to work to the office. It's just beautiful office complex that they have here. They just put millions and millions and millions, tens of into millions. It. Yeah. You know, and you know he's not been to work. Um, you know, I, I you know we have uh, you know some friends in the mortgage industry that they used to go into an office all the yeah. time. They've not they've they've not gone back, and we're. We're just talking about some of the few people within our circle. There are many millions of people that aren't going back to physical office. So let's just call it common sense. If there's millions of people not going back to a brick and mortar location, I mean, the demand is going through the floor. Right. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think that your major commercial buildings, when I say major 20 plus thousand square feet, They've been bombed here for a long time. I mean, I could think of a couple of large buildings here close to the office that have struggled yeah. to lease for what five, six, seven, eight years. Sure. You know, and there's less people going, you know, back to a brick and mortar location. The answer is it's got one place to go, in my right. opinion. I mean, there's no way it can go up. There's yeah. no way. I mean, the demand is going to be substantially less. And, you know, and I, I see it because I, I surf a lot of the commercial listings. They're not selling. So what are they going to have to do to be able to sell them? Right. You dump your price. Yeah, if you looked at the, the, the batch of properties that have sold over the last 10 years in the office complex world um, for that A and even up down to the, like, even B-plus level, they were selling at five caps. So what happens if you lose even one tenant in there? You know, it's, it's, I mean, we well, only bankrupt s- a lot of people. Yeah. You know. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a never bought anything at a five cap in my life. Well, no, nor would I ever, but no. pe- people are buying it, you know, of course. And so we see some, some interesting times ahead, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, another way that this applies to, you know, a lot of our listeners is the cost to do maintenance on homes. A lot of our Listeners are single family residential investors who own rental properties that are single family homes and or smaller uh, commercial properties, duplexes, triplexes, things like that. And, um, you know, we're hearing stories from people paying outrageous prices now when an HVAC goes goes out across the country. You know, I've heard all kinds of different stories about, you know, it taking two days and they've had to, you know, go carry over window ACs and all kinds of crazy stories. And, and people can't find yeah contractors to do things at their personal home they just can't i was in an hoa board meeting yesterday um and literally uh we're having some stuff done to the clubhouse and literally every single board member said well can i borrow them when they're done 
for th- something on their house. It's like the hottest commodity around is labor is a, in our world specifically mm-hmm. in um, skilled labor, I guess you would, you would call it. So let's, let's, let's talking about skilled labor. You know, I've been huge on youngsters going into the trades for a very long time. As have I, you know, you have to, you know, and you just don't see it, but so let's talk about how, I mean, how, how does that demand get met when it seems to me the youngsters could care less about going into the trade work? Yeah, and, you know, there's some interesting communities, uh, uh, community buy-ins to, to what you and I believe, and you and I have met with some community leaders on this very topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw that I, um, Ivy Tech is opening a, a, a tech school branch in Carmel. Um, so I think that the world is reacting to it. As usual, they're slow and a bit behind. But I, I see a push going in this direction because if I had sons, you know, you and I have talked about this many times, and they want to go to college, I would support that decision. But I would suggest to them that they consider going to trade school instead if they wanted to make six figures. Mm-hmm. If you want to make six figures early in your career, the best thing to do would be to go into trades, period. It's it's the simplest yep. path. Mind you, there's opportunity for women also, but I think oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think you and I are both very protective of our princesses. Yeah, because we, you have two girls, I have two girls. There's a lot. I'll of, be honest. I don't. I don't see either of my girls. You know, carrying a carrying a furnace through a house and getting yeah. you know dirt and grease yeah. on them to install a furnace. Yeah, I speak from the perspective of my of my own life, which mm-hmm. is I've got two girls that are amazing girls, but they're very girly girls. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I would suggest any young folks really, really consider trade work. You yeah. know, we, we, you and I know a lot of people in the trade world and how successful they've become because of sure. the lack of it. My childhood best friend, right. you know, HVAC business. And I go on vacation with him and I mean, he's a, he's in it, man. You yeah. know, it's probably heating and air conditioning. Right. He ain't answering the phone. And his success is fabulous. I mean, he's, he's very, incredibly very successful, successful guy um, because, the, you know, he, he, he cares about it, which leads me to my next question. You know, are millennials lazy? You know, I don't, I don't think so in the sense of the word that they're not willing to work. Their idea of work, I think, is different. You know, I, I, I really do believe that. Now, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, they just don't want to work. Well, you just hear people asking that question right. all the time. I'm not saying that they are. That right. question gets asked all the time. It does. And, and I, to me, it's their idea of work is a little different. You know, they grew up in a digital world where work was uh, and the successful stories they hear are all digital stories. You know, the creation of these companies. Even real world companies that were the the rubber meets the road, no pun intended, with like an Uber is a technology company. Think about that. No doubt. So that's the world that they're in where they see. I don't know they've ever turned a profit. Right. I know one time they hadn't. I I, I don't keep up on on uh, Uber stock. Right. You know that well. But but that's the difference. It is. It's they they see the world differently. And so they, you know, I think it's kind of it's created some really neat creative thinking and some really creative businesses, but it also leaves a gap because a lot of that generation wants to figure out and solve the problem of how do I get an app that tracks your furnace 
and you know and then knows when it needs to be cleaned and and it notifies you you know by wi-fi that you know this is wrong with it they're more interested in that aspect of it where our generation we wanted somebody to hand us a hammer and show me where to slam it on the furnace to make it work i grew up in hay and landscaping right you know hay with no technology right you know landscaping getting off of a off of a, a truck and starting a weed eater yeah. and doing 15 yards in a day with a, with a, with a weed eater. And it's, it's a, a disposable generation now too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, even, and furnaces are a great example. You know, we, we have furnaces and houses that we sell and the, the inspector. It's a rule that, that these inspectors have where they say the furnace is uh, near the end of its life or life cycle or whatever. If it's a 25-year-old furnace, we try not to replace it because it's fixable. You can replace parts and it can last forever. Yeah. And then and people want us to replace it with one of these new furnaces that will last years. You don't know. You never see a 10-year-old water heater. Nope. But you do see 25-year-old water heaters from time to time. Yep. My old house, where I lived before the house I moved into. (laughs) Furnace, 1976 Chrysler. Chrysler furnace. (laughs) It's hilarious. That was awesome. And there was no reason to ever replace it because you could fix it. It It's hard to find parts, but you could fix it. Water heater, 1981. 1981 water heater. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. No. So, you know, that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the way that things are manufactured more cheaply, and so you just replace them instead of repair. Um, but that doesn't mean you, you don't need someone to come in and replace your furnace or still replace right. your water heater. You know, there, there's those jobs where it's lacking. So where this affects, I think, a lot of our, our clients with, with maintenance costs is they've seen a, a bump in, in the cost to maintain things. You know, and I'm proud of our company going after trades so strongly. Clint and I, um, and really to Clint's credit, we've been ahead of the curve on this, um, going out, meeting with trade schools, going out, meeting with um, community members who are involved in some mentorship of, of young folks getting into this line of work. And we've tried to stay ahead of the curve and be the ones who have the answer and the solutions for our clients. But if, if you're not working with a group like us, that's on top of this, you're going to be paying more and you're going to have difficulty getting things done to your property. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, you'd met with a property manager not that long ago who was losing, um, maintenance staff to her own clients because they were sick of paying them the markup and all of that stuff. Right. And it's just, I get it. People are scrambling out there. So they are. And we, you know, we've, we have been fortunate because we've got a, you know, robust, you know, Rolodex and people, people we work with. We, we've been rocked this week actually, because, you know, really our, our main, one of our main people, uh, as a health scare, right. so anyone listening, if you'd send some extra prayers up for her, yep. we'd greatly appreciate it. I won't say her name. But let's just say her name is Mrs. R. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really concerned about her. But, you know, when you have a key person like that, you know, um, it's something our business will feel, which obviously we could care less about the work. We care about her health uh, right. more than anything. But, uh, but you know, people don't – It's you don't find people like her – you know, they have a her and her husband run a run a company, right. to, you know, together. Well, she and, she know. she runs a company and he does all the work. Yeah, you know, you but know. she's don't you know it's hard to find well, people like does. that. You know, she's about our age. Right. Um, you know, you don't you you really don't find twenty five year olds like that. You know, no, it's you just, difficult. You, you just don't. Yeah, these folks answer their phone literally. If it was three a.m. and their phone rings, they pick it up and. 
they say, you know, our construction. Oh, we had them out to, we had them out to, me and my wife went out to dinner with them. You know, they were yeah. taking, they were taking maintenance calls while we were at the right. table. Um, you know, it's just, you know, you really, really hold people, you know, hold on to people like that. So, you know, is anything of what you're saying with trying to get into real estate now is, is, is part of that being led by your fears of what the labor market looks like in the future? Um, a little bit, you know, I, 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 it's one of the reasons that I think we're not, you know, we're not digging in deep on large projects mm -hmm. and building anything now. Um, but you I think we're protected pretty well I for the do. labor, but I, I guess do. your point is more, could you imagine somebody entering into the real estate world and Without, trying to do it on their own? That's kind of exactly where I am. So if you don't have a group that is ahead of the curve and doing this full time, um, you, you could end up with, with some trouble with the property you can't take care of because they don't have the people to take care of it and costs that are just ridiculous. So I, I, I overheard a conversation at lunch. I don't know if you heard it. We just came from lunch and it was a realtor. And I didn't, I was too, you didn't focus in on the food. I was there. too focused in on the food. So she was saying that she was supposed to close on a house last Wednesday and they still haven't done the punch list from the inspection. And she was complaining. Mm -hmm. And that is what we hear all over the place. Realtors can't get deals closed. Uh, property management companies can't get properties taken care of the way they should be taken care of. And so I think more than ever, you have to be cautious out there. I wouldn't suggest now is the time to go do this on your own. Now's the time to go find the best group you can in each market and work with them. Could you imagine, like, even let's just say even us, because we, you know, we're on here talking about how we're the experts a lot of times, but could you imagine, say, if we decided, you know what, we're going to invest in uh, Kansas City. And, <laughs> you know, we got on a plane and went to Kansas City, and we met with a realtor, and, you know, we right. bought houses, and then we, we went to – to the yellow pages or Google and tried to find right. contractors to work on a house. Could you imagine how bad we would fail? I mean, you, you know, we would fail. It, we, we would fail and we're experts Correct. at this. And, and to miserably, that, yeah. we fail miserably. Yeah. I hate, I, you know, I hate to knock new realtors or very small operations, but this is the time where the wheat is separated from the chaff. You know, times like these. And you see the true groups shine, the true experts in the industry shine, and all these fakers fall away at times like this. You know, and so I think we're about to see a big shakeup in our industry of the pretenders, you know, really falling hard. And we're already hearing stories of it starting. We are. So if you're starting to notice issues with um, property management, you have another. Uh, markets, you know, now is the time to pay very close attention to that and be ready to maybe react and, and move some things around. Um, we're seeing an influx of properties at, at our, our property management company at a rate we've never seen in the history of being in this business. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Without I mean, a doubt. It's, uh, we're well over 50 houses in a month mm -hmm. coming in. Outside of the properties that we outside of what we do, yeah. So I mean, you're seeing a shakeup out. There. Well, we 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 see it with. We say that about going to Kansas City, but it's the same thing if someone here locally says, "You know what? I'm going to be a property manager. I'm going to open up a property management business." You know, finding the contractors 
you know, when we've talked to some local property management companies here, I mean, that, that are, that are much younger than us. I mean, they, they don't have anybody, right. You know, to, to, to do their work. Yeah. We met with a very, very impressive, uh, young person who, mm-hmm. who's doing some property management and within their real estate career portfolio things that they do. And, and they're like, I'm out, I'm getting out. I can't keep up with it. Correct. You know, it's, it's a very difficult business. You know, and thank, thank the Lord. You know, we, we've been blessed to have some of the relationships that we have, right. you know, because the, you know, the labor piece of this is going to continue. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, it, it it's going to be trailing. And I, my personal opinion is going to be trailing for some time. It's not like we're going to wake up this time next year and all of a sudden there's going to be plenty of plumbers and plenty of electricians right. and plenty of carpenters and plenty of HVAC techs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And, and, and not to brag about us, but you know, here's, here's something that our business does that we see some others doing that we think is a good sign for you that you're at the right spot. It's a company that's looking to mentor trades. It's looking to bring in trades uh, when they're young and have them work under your skilled trades that have been in the business for 30 plus years. You know, we've invested in, in a fleet of vehicles and, and fleet software to manage, you know, these folks who are out there. And we're very invested in being actively involved and getting people involved in the trades. We're Absolutely. actively involved in I'd them. love to have, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a 25-year-old, you know, hungry, eager HVAC technician sitting outside in my lobby right now. Right. Not that we need HVAC technicians, but I want to, I want to promote that amongst our community. Right. And, you know, if, you are, if you're a young um, <laughs> listener, local, and you're looking for, uh, you know, work, you know, we would listen to you. you if know, you're willing to uh, work hard, our philosophy is we have the people and the know-how and the, the work available to train you and help make you successful. Right. If you're a hard worker and willing to learn, you know, the sky's the limit at a lot of places Correct. like ours. But yeah, if you're in Indianapolis, <laughs> give us but a call. But we're a very <laughs> career-driven company. If right. you're looking to jump uh, jump jobs every other month, don't call me. See ya. I uh, don't, don't want to yeah. deal with you. But so let's go, let's go backwards. You know, we've, we've talked a yeah, lot. This turned into we, a job. We, we, we talked job a lot, announcement. you know, and how, how, how this, you know, affects everybody, you know, personal opinion. I'll, uh, I'll do commercial. I want you to do residential, okay. um, you know, our personal opinions on what this looks like. I foresee uh, the commercial world being hit by labor issues for quite a while. First thing, I think there's going to be businesses go out of strip malls and strip centers, you know, um, you know, similar multiplex type environments mm-hmm. uh, by the droves in the future. You know, the example I had with Qdoba, I think that's going to continue for businesses like it and, you know, many businesses, you know, similar, um, you know, restaurant type franchise models, you know, uh, some retail you know, situations, you know, anything where, you know, it's, you're really needing, you know, labor. Um, I think that you're going to, it's going to continue to struggle. What's that going to do? Um, you're going to have vacancies. You're going to have owners that are struggling to maintain their, their, their commercial buildings, um, which I think that ultimately you're going to see prices drop in those areas. Uh, secondly, I think some of your major, you know, office, um, you know, complexes, 20 plus thousand square feet. You're seeing less people working at brick and mortar. You're seeing more people working from home. 
I think that that's only going to hurt those types of, uh, of buildings in the future also. Keep in mind, that is my opinion. You're a residential. Sure. So, again, I don't have a crystal ball either, but, you know, I think that we're already seeing the signs of what is to come, which is you're seeing a lot of labor shortages, which will are affecting the quality of rehabs from smaller operations and from one off uh, investors who are trying to do this on their on their own. We're seeing a lot of quality issues in the work that they do and and, um, you know, and getting people out there to finish their project we're seeing is the biggest issue right now. So you get a lot of houses that are 95 percent of the way. You know, they want to get it tenanted, but then they can't get anyone to finish the punch work of, you know, finishing, putting doorknobs on mm-hmm. and all the little stuff. And that's going to uh, begin to uh, affect a lot of investors out there because a lot of investors have relationships built with some of these small providers who are going to start providing them with subpar product. And it, it scares me a little with what we're seeing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I Obviously, anytime there is... Um, the market is uncertain. Um, I get, I get kind of nervous on values right now. I'm not too worried about values just because demand is so much higher than, than, um, the, you know, available properties. And, and then I look at those Fannie Mae stats and I know you hate stats, but this one, it's, it's hard to deny that, you know, we're growing, we're growing at, uh, at a population rate where we need over a million houses a year. And we're, where we're a million houses a year short of providing houses. Right. Deficit. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. deficit. We've been in a deficit since 2007, I believe, was what Fannie Mae said. So there's a deficit of homes. So I'm not too concerned with values. There may be a pullback if the market were ever to pop. But, you know, in mar- if you're in a stable market like a Kansas City and Indianapolis, so these boring, stable markets, you know, the pop is it doesn't do much. And as long as you don't sell it in a way, who cares? You're still making the same rents you were before. It's just a number on a piece of paper in that time. But, you know, during a correction, uh, we we don't see much room for it to drop. You know, we were talking about the prices of things being anchored once they go up. When prices go up, it's hard to get them to go back other than things like gas and some other commodities. Mm -hmm. But the bigger things like lumber, sometimes when it goes up, it never comes back down. That becomes equilibrium again. And then it stays flat for 20 years. You know, so I think some of that is true, especially with the real estate market. Um, we, we feel like it's it's still under cost to build the stuff we focus on. So there's some fundamental core, core goodness within that and that people should focus on those things because now is a great opportunity to still buy those. We're buying as many as we can. You know, right. so, so I, I think the shining light in the in the market that we see right now is these suburban, you know, cookie cutter homes that we can still get for less than the cost to build. You know, and then we see other markets similar to ours where folks are focusing on those. You know, that seems to be where all the experts are focusing now. So, yeah, I could talk about it for a long time because, you know, and you have to bring me back down to earth every now and then because, you know, I'm a redneck from a small farm town and, you know, all the, all the boys grew up, you know, working very hard labor jobs. And you know how my dad was to me. He, I mean, he, he rode me pretty hard, you know, in a good way. He taught me work ethic and work ethic is so big to me, but I know necessarily my upbringing is not 
the norm. What, what, what do I do in my free time? I love to be working at home, right. um, you know, out in my, my yard. And um, you're yeah. kind of growing to that too. But I could talk about it for a long time, and I'm kind of turned into that angry old man. But these kids don't want to work anymore. Back when I was young, we had to, we didn't have garage door openers. <laughs> we had to crank it up, and that's the way it was. And we liked it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those, uh, oh, you God. know, where I'd never thought that I was going to be an angry old man. But here I sat. An angry old man, an angry, yeah. overweight, you know, old man. It's uh, it's it's hard to stomach. But, you know, I think that uh, you're right. I think there's going to be a trailing gap. I mean, we obviously have a, a big labor gap. Again, these are opinions. Right. You know, we're not uh, we're not soothsayers or have a crystal ball or psychics, but we do try to take the data that's out there and analyze it properly. There is, uh, if you are at home or in your parents' basement without a job, get off your butt. There are plenty of jobs out there that pay very well and do. We this. need you. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> you know let's let's get to work. But uh, hmm. but anyhow, that is uh, those are our opinions for the labor gap. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. We're the homeboys. Again, hit sub- subscribe and be there for our next podcast and other content that we provide. But until next time, happy investing.